welcome to the Changes Ahead podcast. Giving space to the often unheard questions, doubts, hopes, and challenges facing the church in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm Stephen. And I'm Kathy, And we invite you to join us as we imagine the changes ahead. We really appreciated the depth that both Jody and Andrew brought to the conversation. And one of the ideas that stood out to me was that the podcast is a, a medium that interrupts our normal response to mount a counter argument and go, but what about dot, dot, dot. It creates a pause and a practice to listen more and to ask what is being triggered for me and why. For me, I really appreciated hearing from Andrew the way his journey has led him to shift his thinking on issues throughout his pastoral ministry. And I think as we draw close to the close of this first season, it's really cool to hear some reflections from a couple of pastors who have listened in. Well, Jody and Andrew, it's so great to be sitting on Zoom with you this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us on the Changes Ahead podcast. We're really looking forward to hearing from a couple of pastors who have committed uh, kindly to listening to all of the episodes that we have released so far. So this is the penultimate episode of the season. And so, yeah, we're really grateful to hear from your experience, both as pastors and also as people who have listened along. So thanks for joining us. You're welcome. It's great to be here. You will have heard us ask this question, um, so we'll, we'll put it to you. What does it mean to be Jody? What does it mean to be Andrew? Who'd like to go first? I can start. Thanks. What does it mean to be Jody? I am the minister at Ponsonby Baptist Church, and I've been there for 17 years. So what does it mean to be Jody? It means to be kind of a long-term pastor in mm. one place. I'm married to Julian. We've got four kids. We've got a dog. I don't necessarily recommend that and Which one, the four kids or the dog <laughs> well to be honest it's the combo I think <laughs> that is particularly difficult yeah the dog has been a stressful addition to the family but the kids really love him and we've got a swan plant and so at the moment it feels really significant being Jody and having a swan plant because watching a swan plant it is tremendous but it's horrific the caterpillars come, the wasps come and want to lay eggs in the caterpillars. We started running out of leaves for the caterpillars to eat. We dashed out to buy more swamp plants to just try and feed these caterpillars through to get them to chrysalis. But they're at the point of hatching now. And so that has been quite incredible to watch. That's me. Cool. Thanks, Jody. So I'm Andrew. I'm a husband. I'm a father. We had four children, but we had one who died when he was 15, so that's sort of impacted on who I am. Mm. And then I'm a grandfather, so I have five mokopuna, um, wow. who give me great joy and great delight. And I have been a pastor for just coming up 30 years, mm. and I've been in four different Baptist churches around New Zealand, so sort of provincial, suburban, inner city, and now sort of a retirement community really yeah so um four different places yeah cool. that's sort of who i am mm. yeah awesome so you've, you've both listened to the episodes leading into this one and yeah we're, we're really keen to hear some of your reflections on perhaps what has stood out for you uh, what's challenged you and perhaps what you might do differently going ahead in the future in your pastoral leadership because of what you've heard so yeah i wonder if there's is there something 
particularly that really stands out for either of you as a place we could start? Where you go, Dodie. Well, okay, the first thing I was going to throw into the mix was probably Andrew is going to say this too, listening to different voices, mm. you know, listening to people, listening to different voices. And Im- immediately the word after I'd noted that down, the word that came to my mind was that old-fashioned Christian word, testimony, mm. um, sharing testimony what has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? And just the vital importance of making space to yeah. to share those stories mm. with, I think in relationship is particularly significant, um, but sharing those stories. Mm. Yeah, the word that came to mind for me was the word passion. You know, the passion that all of these speakers had when they talked, you could hear it, mm. hear it in their voices. And that passion came with a real love for Jesus, but also there was this huge frustration mm. with with this church and the way that we do things. And uh, and I think there was that sort of tension between those that that came through all the time for me. You know, we really love Jesus and we love this church, but for goodness sakes, at times it just drives us to despair. You know, mm. and and I think that came through, but I don't think it was hopelessness. You know, I don't no. think. That, that despair was all about there's no future. It was just we're in a tough place and, and we've got to work some stuff through. Yeah. Was there, and we'll maybe start with you, Andrew, was there one particular idea that came out uh, that we could perhaps have a chat together about that was uh, you found interesting um, from, yeah, a bit more specific? Yeah, I think I think what Jody said about the listening was really key, the ability to listen to others. Mm. But there was one um, comment, I think it was... Um, is it Caleb that might have made it? And he made the comment that we are traditionally a settler church, mm. not a missionary church, that we were here for the European settlers and not the people who were already here. So it was about creating a church for us mm. you know, as, as settlers rather than thinking about what would it mean to bring the gospel into a new land. And, um, yeah, I, that struck me. I was reading that one again today, and I've, I've thought about that quite a bit. I think that, you know, how do we how do we move from just being a church that satisfies our needs to a church that is there for those who don't yet know Jesus? You know, and how do we engage with that? I'm not sure that we do that very well, even after sort of 200 years on of being here. Yeah. I know something that when Caleb was talking, what struck me as well was how we need people who are different to us to show us what we can't see for ourselves mm. and how important that was. And, um, and uh, yeah, I found that that openness to we just need to listen like you, you were saying, Jody, and because it's less threatening, I think, if we just listen to people's stories, it invites you in. And invites you to see things that, yeah, you just don't normally see for yourself. So we've loved that. Yeah, it's really interesting having listened through and then going back and re-listening to your intro episode where you talked about what might be ahead and what maybe you anticipated you might hear. And I thought it was so interesting that the two of you already picked up before I'd imagine any of those conversations had happened. You were using words like uncomfortable, Mm. uncertain. And that certainly came through in many of the episodes and needing each other, which I think also came through quite strongly as we listened through the season. Mm. 
maybe we could pick up on that sort of uncomfortable or uncertain mm. kind of concept. And I think that was that was a, a big theme of the, the episodes. But that's that's often not a welcome thing within well, in my experience at least, it's often not a welcome feeling within a church space. I, I wonder can you speak to your experiences with that within your own church context? One thing I'll throw into this, I'm not quite onto our church context yet, but my one reflection I have is what a great medium this podcast and podcast series has been because often when you hear something that is challenging to you, the first thing you want to do is mount a counter challenge mm. and say, but what about, you know, you want that boulder to go flying down the hill, but what about this, that, and the other thing? And the discipline of not being able to have a right of reply, you know, it's a podcast that was recorded days or weeks ago. So really the invitation is to listen and sit with whatever reactions you have and just let them settle down within you and see what remains after mm. your initial fluster of wanting to argue against what you heard was or see what the spirit is offering to you through that. So I think the medium works really well to help us with the discipline of listening without wanting to put in our own two cents worth immediately. And I guess it makes me think as we apply that to our own churches, any opportunity that we give where we say, let's just listen, let's not spend our time thinking about how we're going to argue against what we just heard or the counter story we're going to offer but let's just listen to each other and sit with what we've been invited to receive. Mm. Yeah. And I, um, I agree with you, Jodie. I think there's a, you know, so often we are, we've got our own understanding of how things should be or will be. And, and sometimes we attach those to our own theology. So this is what I believe. This is what my faith is based on. And so the moment somebody offers an alternative way of understanding that, you know, it feels a little bit, you know, um, like the ground under your feet has been chiseled away and you mm -hmm. think, oh my goodness, they can't be right. You know, because if they are right, then everything I've been doing for the last 30 years is is wrong, you know, and then what do I do, you know? And, and so there is that tendency to want to hold on to, to the first decisions that we made often and the first things we believed and not be willing to to allow someone else to speak into those things or to to question them for us. Yeah, so trying to develop that posture of, of being willing to listen and then to reflect on what someone else has said without destroying their argument, you know, I think is a, is a really, I think it's a hard thing for us to do as pastors because we, we do get boxed into a, a way of being, in the church, and I've I've even recognised for myself over that thirty years that sometimes, as my views have changed, I've thought, but now how do I change my preaching mm. to match? You know, um, what's that going to look like for me? And and people who know me as this, what happens when they suddenly realise that I've shifted over here? How's that going to impact on my relationships with those sort of people? And so, what I experience as a pastor, I think. That even our people in our churches experience that it's hard to to be willing to listen yeah mm. but we need to learn it yeah mm. that's such a great reflection thank you both of you because it i think it needs to be a practice doesn't it 
it's it's a spiritual practice and I hadn't thought of it like that in that way that the podcast makes you have to just listen and but I have heard some friends respond to me saying you know the first time yeah there was all this triggering and then they had to pause and go okay I'll listen to it again and then hear it in a different way but you're right it's an opportunity to ask wow what is being triggered I don't think we build that into our spiritual practices and we don't build that enough into, like you say, our communication. And we need this more than ever, this ability to just pause and listen. And I think the only word that can kind of cover that, and it's a really hard one, is the humility to listen. Mm -hmm. And how do we cultivate that, that I don't have to always be the right one? Mm. Your thoughts. One thing I was just going to say, but I don't know that it's quite come together in my head, but Andrew's point about how perhaps we're a little bit fearful about what happens when we actually do change or Mm. we, through our listening, have got a little bit of a different perspective or stance and that perhaps one thing we can do as well as the discipline of getting better at listening is perhaps getting better at clearing the space for change and for acknowledging that we don't know where conversations or listening is going to take us or lead us and I think you two did that so well in that very first episode (laughs) saying you don't know what is going to come of this but you're going to trust the process so I haven't quite got a way to pull that all together but I'm sort of responding to both what Andrew and Kathy said there. I was wondering maybe what you're saying is to take away the thought of where the destination is thinking that we've got to get to a certain point. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of the voices we've heard this season have really said we've got to let go of that, eh? Like we've, if the answers are determined already, then that's the frustration that that you kind of reflected on earlier, Andrew. Just yeah, we yeah not interested in that. Yeah, that's not what's going to capture people as far as following Jesus is concerned. Yeah. Do either of you have a story of perhaps where you have changed a perspective that you've held before, and how that did impact your you in your pastoral space? Oh, well, I'll, I'll share my one because it's still a process. It's, it's still a journey for me, this one. So in my last church, I probably for the first time encountered people who were gay, but right. considered themselves Christian. And initially I started with where most of us traditionally start probably, which is, well, I don't know how this can be. But then as I began to get to know these people, I began to understand their journey. I found myself having to rethink some Mm -hmm. of my basics about that. So this is probably for me being a journey now of about eight years where I'm shifting in my thinking. Now I'm not completely settled where I want to go. I think pastorally, I know where I want to go. Mm. Theologically, I'm still struggling a little bit at times. And so I think, you know, you end up with this journey that you go on. And the the thing is also is that in the last community that I was in, they were open, much more open to exploring that journey. Possibly in the community that I'm now in, there is less openness to exploring that. So I'm sort of in this caught between these two places now, you know, having made a shift in my own thinking, but not quite sure how I settle that and work that out now in this new context. So, 
Yeah, so I think there are things like that that happen to us all the time. Mm. Uh, that's probably one of our more drastic ones, maybe, people would think, but um, mm. I think we do it in all sorts of things. This isn't a story, but listening to Andrew talk, it just made me want to quote back something Kathy quoted in one of the episodes about there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Mm. And that's actually something I've heard in my own church quite a few times from people. And I think it just speaks to that experience of you don't always have the, you know, the blast of light from the heavens that gives you a divine revelation of exactly what the answer is or where you're going. What you what you start with is a little crack of light and you follow that crack and the crack becomes a bit bigger and the way becomes a bit clearer. And it is a it's a complicated process because people are involved. I think it's once you experience someone's lived story and they're a real person, it changes you. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, and I think that is the often the, the bit that's missing in our theological thinking is that we're not allowing people's lived stories to change us. Mm. And I believe that's what happened to Jesus. Like Jesus got changed by encounters with people, changed the way he thought. Mm. Andrew, you've just reflected on the the difference between two communities and and holding your the shifting in your thinking um, in, a, in a space which is perhaps less open. One of the challenges with that particular topic, I think, is that we're often scared to go there because we don't want to upset people. We don't want to push people in a way that they're not willing or ready to, to go. Um, and yet this is this particular topic is, is one that's not going away for us in, in the church. And so we need to figure out how we can have this conversation really healthily. How have either of you navigated the complex conversations that do come up on either this topic or other complex topics that, that we find ourselves in in the church? I mean, I, I think part of it too, Stephen, is is that we need to allow space and time for these sorts of conversations. Mm. You know, I, I look at it and think I have taken eight or ten years to get to where I've got to, and I'm still not 100% cemented where I've where I was sort of been moving. So that means that the people in my church who don't sit with these people, who don't engage in these conversations, it's going to take them longer than it's going to take me. So, you know, I can't just expect to be able to say, I've made a decision that this is what we as a church are going to do. You know, I think somehow it's a little bit like Jody said earlier about, you know, we need to wait for that light, the crack to let the light in. And when that happens, at that point, we can say, is God saying to us as a community something here that we need to now reflect on? Otherwise, I think I'm just imposing where I've got to onto our people. But that doesn't mean that if people don't talk to me individually and they ask questions, that I won't reflect my journey with them. And I've done that all sorts of places. I've just talked about my journey. This is where I've got to. But I'm not trying to say that they have to join me at this point on my journey. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that in the process of talking about how I've been able to change and I'm thinking of things differently, that that might open the door for them to also do the same thing. Uh, it may not. And I have to respect the fact that for well, some people, they're never going to change their mind. Yeah. But we have to learn how to live together. <laughs> Now, that's the next big tough call. You know, even if we don't see eye to eye, 
on this or any topic for that matter, yeah. how do we then live together in this thing called the church? You know, how do we break bread together? How do we gather around the table and, and pray for each other and, and share our love for Jesus with each other? Those are, I think, the other tough questions. Otherwise, we just revert back to standing in our corners and yelling at each other. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. You know, I've got more verses than you've got type of type of response, mm. which I don't think are at all helpful mm. to resolving anything long term. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, one thing that I thought about a lot from listening to the podcast series was the First of all, the importance of hearing different stories and hearing from people you disagree with, you know, who are the people that you want to avoid, who mm. have who is outside of your comfort zone to go and talk to. So there was a lot of challenge to to listen and listen well to the other in speech marks. But it also caused me to reflect that that really has to be done in some kind of platform of meaningful relationship it's not really well as I say the podcast medium is helpful so it is it's a good thing to hear from the other just to to hear a story out there and reflect as you will reflect on it but in terms of really living together it has got to be from a place where the relationship and the commitment to each other and each other's full personhood Mm. is fundamental Mm. because if we are just collecting stories but there's no real commitment to each other's full personhood and well-being and coming into being the best human and the fullest expression of our humanity that we can be if we don't have that then someone in the relationship is going to be withholding a whole lot of themselves and a whole lot of the truth of their stories and experiences so for me you know I could relate that to a lot of different things that I see in operation in the church Uh, certainly lots of women who feel called into leadership in the church will have that kind of experience of like I just I don't just want to swap my story for yours unless there's a real commitment to our full humanity being known and respected and so it becomes very difficult when we say well let's all just share our stories and you know you have your opinion and I have mine and now how do we go on to live together because sometimes there's something quite fundamental in one person's story that the other person's disagree of is actually undermining their fullest expression of themselves Mm. and their humanity so I did just want to throw that into the mix of the conversation it's one thing I think about a lot in pastoring and I think a lot about in my context where we do really value the sacredness of hearing each other's stories Mm. and that's yeah, I mean, the complexity that you've just highlighted there, Jody, where where someone's perspective is actually harming another person, or perspective or behaviour, or both. Uh, in fact, that was one of the pushbacks I received from the podcast is, is, well, who determines harm and who makes that call? And as I've reflected on that question, surely it's the person who's on the end of the harm, right? Who's receiving it that actually says, well... Mm-hmm. Yes, but still, it doesn't answer the question of how we live together. We will harm each other, right? Because we sometimes are ratbags. And so what does the commitment look like to one another 
to listening to the fact that perhaps my words and my actions uh, harm you and how am I going to sit with that and what is my response going to be to that question um, or to that revelation, sorry, I should say. And that then determines the quality of our life together, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in some of the stories that, that have been shared over the last few weeks, we've actually heard from some of those people about what it's like to be on the downside of those relationships mm. where you're the one who gets hurt by the comments that are made and that, that for them, their relationship with the church then becomes sort of that tense thing because, you know, you, you don't ever feel like you're quite heard. You don't ever feel like you're quite acceptable, maybe is the word. You know, and so so in a sense, you're the one who who often feels like, oh, I'm at fault because, you know, if our church has got issues about this area, I'm to blame for it now. You know what I mean? It's that, and I, th- I felt really sorry for some of our people that spoke on this podcast mm. that their that their relationships with people have been at times so thwart and difficult. And it made me reflect on for myself as a pastor, you know, at what point have I even unwittingly acted in a way where I've driven those people away or or made them question whether or not there's a place for them because of how I responded mm. either to what they said or by inability to listen even to what they were saying. So that whole thing about, and I, all of them talked about it, didn't they? Can we listen to each other? Can we listen to each other? You know, it was almost a sort of heartfelt cry from all of them. Will anybody listen to what we're saying? And, and I hope that this podcast series not only gives them a platform mm. to say those things, but actually that other people will actually will listen to them and then go, well, how do I engage with people who hold these views now? What does that look like for me? Yeah. And Jody, can we just come back? to what you were saying, because I'm just trying to get my head around it. Is the call to be more than just saying we've got a difference of opinion? I think you're inviting us to something far deeper, but also incredibly challenging to say, if I really am choosing to love you, it's going to change the way I am relating to you. And it's going to be more than just saying we've got a difference of opinion. Is that what I'm hearing? You're calling us to something other, and I'm not, I just feel like there's something here. Yes, I probably have also not got it fully and completely articulated, but I think my key point was if a disagreement, if a difference of opinion cuts into fundamentals of one person or both people's identity and their fullest humanity then we've got a problem that hearing each other's stories is not going to resolve so I Mm. think your point Kathy about what it means to love each other and I know you talked about the Corinthians 13 passage in one of the previous podcasts you know Mm. how do we actually start to shape ourselves in new relationships because of our care for each other's humanity. Mm. I feel that and I, it just feels like it's a real call, isn't it? 
And it's going to take a lot of letting go of some pride, I think, Mm. you know, because we so do want to be right. Mm. And I I am thinking of a story, but not that I can share it, but of someone I'm walking alongside and I'm having to do that. Really go, I need to love you where you're at and really hear you and be present there. Mm. Not Mm. in all of my preconceived thoughts Mm. i need to let those go so as we think yeah this this whole series has been about imagining changes ahead and so you you're both pastors and i'm wondering if there is anything that you might be doing differently or perhaps increasing focus on in your context as a result of listening to the different voices that we've been chatting with this year one thing to name is um that tension between safety and discomfort because those words have come up a lot and I think um, one or both of you has already articulated that tension that's not a new insight I'm bringing but um, safety making safe spaces being safe people in safe places but also the sort of the discomfort of the unknown and moving into places that we're not totally confident about exactly where it's going or where it's going to end and I don't think there's a way to synthesize that in our churches but I do know that we have to name both Mm. truths both the need um, to be safe but also the um, fundamental discomfort that comes when the Holy Spirit leads and another thing I wanted to mention um which I think relates to that is around vulnerability. I know that that word's come up quite a bit as well throughout um, some of your speakers really majored on that. I know Sarah did. And just that importance of having smaller and known communities and commitments. And I don't mean, I mean, this is not a problem that I struggle with, but I don't mean that if we've got a big church, we have to go and strip it back and cause several church splits to make it smaller, but to always look for ways for people to know and be known in significant relational commitments with each other, where there is actually the possibility to be vulnerable and for that to be a safe and good thing to do. So I think that thing of naming those tensions and seeking to continue to create spaces for vulnerability are really important things that I've learned from listening to the podcast. And the last thing that I was going to mention is that if we know our spaces aren't yet safe enough or aren't yet ready to directly hear from the most marginalized voices that we suspect we need to be hearing from then um, not just pastors but anyone in the church can help do the work of amplifying those voices without um, putting people directly into really unsafe spaces themselves so I know you talked about um, making sure that your reading was a bit broader you're not just reading white guys from America And, you know, so that's really important in terms of Māori voices, disabled voices, queer voices, children's voices, people who have been hurt and harmed by the church and don't want a bar of it. Our spaces are not necessarily safe places to invite those people in to share, but there is a lot of material out there and not just directly addressing those um, particular strands, but people who have a lot to say 
just to the gathered body of Christ. So making sure that we're amplifying the voices that do exist, maybe not in our communities yet, but they definitely exist. And that's absolutely a practice that the two of you have brought to us as a wider community. So I'm very grateful. Hmm. Oh, thank you. You've probably said quite a few, covered some of the stuff that I would have wanted to have said as well. But as I listened, I think there were a couple of things that, that stuck out for me. One is that our faith is actually in a person, in, in a person called Jesus. It's not in a particular theology or or mm. or way of saying things are. And so what does it mean to to trust that person in the midst of these sort of conversations mm. and and a willingness to say that just because things have been this way doesn't mean that Jesus can't lead us into something else or open our eyes to see new things. Um, and the other one for me has, I think probably because there's a, a college professor when I was at Kerry who said to me something along the lines of, you just have to love the people, Andrew. You just have to love them. And I've sort of kept that as my sort of kiss principle, you know, the keep it simple, stupid. This idea that that actually my role is to love our people and to help them in their journey. And I think John talks about that in his letters, you know, love God, love the people beside you. You know, you can't do one without the other. And I think for me, that has been something that I've tried to, to keep at the centre. And this series has just reinforced for me just how important something as simple as that really is. You know, this, let's love God, love others, you know, the golden rule, mm. all of that sort of care for each other that, we can quickly lose if we're not careful. And and that's where those small groups and things come in that Jody's been talking about that need to create spaces where we can demonstrate what that love looks like, care for each other, support each other, hear from each other. All of those sorts of things, I think, become important in that space. So, yeah. And that's definitely one of the the safety element. It's definitely one of the things that I've wrestled with as we've thought through you know, who we can talk to. There's actually... Here's a particularly, yeah, someone who I would find fascinating to talk to and I think would be really great to hear from, but is this space, yeah, that we're trying to curate safe for them? And I think in some cases we've had to say, actually, maybe it's not. Mm. And, and that's not because we don't want it to be, but it's mm. how, how the space can be used or interpreted. So that's a really, I think, important point to be sitting with and makes me reflect on, yeah, my own context as well as, yeah, I like to think I'm creating a safe space but does everyone feel that is, mm. is, that, is that everyone's experience and i don't mm. know yeah I, yeah but would, would, and that's some work that i need to do i think so that's yeah really helpful Thank especially you. since the people who don't feel safe won't even be there mm. to name that it doesn't that it's not safe for them yeah yeah, and I remember actually just in the last few months trying to advocate for someone alongside someone and then having a conversation with them afterwards going, well, you said this and you said that, and that actually really disempowered me. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm in the space of trying to advocate and yet I'm still stuffing it up. Um, and so how easy it is, even with the best of intentions, to mess that up and to not do what I'm, I'm aiming to achieve. So so this stuff is, yeah, I guess we're acknowledging it's not easy and we're not always going to get it right, but mm. without being aware of it, we're never going to get it right. <laughs> so, no. yeah, so thank you. Yeah. We have to begin, don't we? We just have to and then have that humility to go, oh, okay, is that what I was doing? Mm. Yeah. Without 
defensiveness, yep. I think. Yep. And so I, I just want to say I've just loved listening to you go, you two. So thank you so much. I wish we could keep talking. <laughs> um, I love what you've picked up. And and even just that comment, Jody, too, about putting, you know, the spirit and discomfort together. We mm. don't often do that. And so then we, if we could do that, then we could go, oh, oh, okay, this isn't bad. This is just not easy. It's discomfort, like you said. And I think even just that is a really helpful framework. Mm. And maybe as we, more that we do it, we will be able to be more discerning. Mm. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering as we as we wrap up our time, do, do either of you have a quote or two that you've kind of you've remembered that has just kind of haunted you or or has just rattled around your brain um, since listening? Or phrase. <laughs> But Jamie said we're not a gathered community that likes Christ, we're the body of Christ. I thought that was a really good statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I've got so many quotes that I underlined um, and jotted down. Um yeah, I can't choose, can't choose one quote or even two or three. I've just so intensely valued everything. Um, that has been brought to us through the season and the two of you as hosts, the way that you um, draw forth the people who are speaking and how little the two of you actually say throughout an episode as well, I think is really telling. So um, thank you. I'm just grateful for the podcast and looking forward to listening to another season. Well, thank you uh, both again for your time and for listening in and and offering your reflections. Um, I no doubt that this will be really helpful as as our listeners um, and us yeah as, and we together continue to reflect on on what the changes ahead could look like so thank you thanks thanks for listening to this episode of the changes ahead podcast if that resonated with you we'd love to hear from you so get in touch on instagram and facebook at changes aheadcast or twitter at ahead changes see you next time